0: Alright, well after a break last weekend, we are back in John chapter 6, and I'm thankful that George read those verses before to help remind us of where we were last time we were in John. um, Jesus begins to explain that He is indeed the bread of life. These disciples, they followed Him on the boats. This is just uh, after Jesus had just walked on the water, and people come to Him and they're starting to ask these questions. And he explains to them that they need to not work for food that perishes, but work for the food that will endure forever. And they said, what are these works, in verse 28, that we must be doing? And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. And that's where we'll pick up today, starting in verse 30. So they said to him, then what sign do you do? That we may see and believe you, what work do you perform? Do you remember what he just did? He had just fed the lists of the 5,000, but again, if you count the others that were most likely there, he just fed 15,000, 20,000 with a little lunch. But some of the claims he made after that in this conversation has sparked the people. Because again, if you remember, at the, the feeding of the 5,000 or the 15 or 20,000, they began to say, oh, maybe this is, this is the prophet, like Moses, that's better than Moses That's to come. They were really starting to see that Jesus is, is more, but they weren't catching all that Jesus is. And so, these, this conversation he's having about the bread and about what he's doing and who he is, they're beginning to ask, alright, give us a sign. We want a sign to believe you. To see and believe. Now again, we said before that signs in themselves were okay because they point to Christ. They point. they are signs that point to something. And so if you're really looking for these signs so you can really see, is He the Messiah? Is He the Christ? That's okay. If you're looking... For signs because you want to be entertained with miracles and you want your belly to be full, that's a problem. What work do you perform? Now again, because they had brought up Moses before, and then we saw this, this feeding of the 5,000, the breads involved, here's where their minds go. Specifically to Exodus 16, but we're not going to turn there because they're going to explain what they're talking about. Look in verse 31. Our fathers... Ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Quoting Psalm 78 most likely when they say that exact phrase, but looking back to Exodus 16. So they're comparing him again to Moses. saying Moses has these, these signs, these great things that he did. What are you going to do? What he did, what are you going to do? Jesus has to explain some things. He does that often. Right? Does he do that with you? Where he's like, we need to sit down and have a talk. You're not getting it yet. That's okay. Look what he says. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. I think they started to take their eye off the ball a little bit there, right? They're focused on Moses and what he was able to do, it's about what God has done. God was doing that and yes, he was using Moses, but we need to be very careful in our lives. We need to be very careful in our church that we do not give the praise to anybody else but God. Anything that is good, that is the Lord doing. No question. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. When there is good happening, that is the Lord's grace upon us and His grace working through us. Yes, we have to be faithful, but we can only be faithful because He's faithful. Jesus corrects them there first to say, not Moses. My Father in heaven. But look what He does. It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but My Father gives you. Right? They're talking about this event now. He's saying, well, I'm going to steer you back this direction. It's not what He gave you. He gives you the bread. The true bread. But My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He's starting to explain again. Some of this is going to sound familiar from the conversation with the woman at the well where he's talking about the the water and never thirsting again. This is going to be similar to that. But he's saying here, the bread, you're thinking of this manna or these loaves. Your mind's wrong. The true bread is a person. Do you think they get it right away? (laughs) We're picking up on this, aren't we, throughout John? John? They said to Him, Sir, give us this bread always. You're not about eternal bread that we can just keep eating? That would be great. Just like the woman, right? This, this water? Ooh! Water that I don't have to keep coming to the well for and I can just have it and just quench my thirst forever? Oh, I want that. Ah, so Jesus said, alright. I'm going to get more blunt with you. I'm going to explain. And He begins here where there's seven passages. There's other places that he's alluded to it with the the phrasing that he uses, but here he's going to start seven times. We're going to see it as we move forward where he starts to say, I am. You ever heard that in the Old Testament? There's a lot of things to describe God. The attributes of God, the things he does. You know, there's one time he said his name. I am. I am who I am. So look at this. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. I don't want to go over that too quickly. He is saying he is that gift from God, the true manna, he is the true bread. And if you will go to him, anybody who goes to him, anybody who goes to God, anyone who goes to Christ, you will not hunger and you will not thirst. That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. If you truly have gone to Christ, if you're truly feasting on him, you will not hunger. Question Are you still hungering? There's something in you that's like, it's still not right. I'm still still hungry. I'm still thirsty. And I keep trying other things and I'm not being filled. You may not know Him yet. You may not be feasting on Him yet. Or, you may know Him, but you've decided to not have your daily bread. Because the way to feast on Him is to be in His Word and in prayer and with Him. Learning from him, having your mind renewed. Verse 36 But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. He's talking to this group of people. You're, You're seeing the works that I'm doing, you're seeing these signs that truly are pointing to who he is, and they're still saying, Where are the signs? They're seeing it right in front of them and they're not believing. The same goes for us. When the Word is proclaimed, when you're reading the Word of God, there are some of you who still will not believe. Whether that's for salvation completely or different aspects that apply to your life. Yeah, I'll believe Jesus when it comes to salvation, but I'm not sure when He's talking about that I need to live my lifestyle this way. That I need to love everybody, forgive everybody, be with other Christians as we're reading in the covenant. Not sure he's right there. I'll take him when it comes to salvation. But everything else he says in his word cafeteria, buffet. Just pick and choose what I like. Eat the bread. His word. All of it. Take it all. And you will be filled. He rebukes them for their unbelief. And then we have a curious verse here in 37. Let's look at it carefully. All that the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And 39, I'm going to read these three together and we're going to work through them. And this is the will of Him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Those three verses together, it's kind of like Jesus says, you know, if if you'll follow me, I'm the bread. If you'll feast on me, you'll never go hungry. But you guys won't believe. He says, you're not believing, so I'm going to show you my mission plan. Here's the mission that I've been sent on. And he breaks it down in these next few verses. So what I want to do is kind of walk through Jesus' mission. Very specific what Jesus' mission is. Guess what? It's very specific what the mission of the church is. Sometimes, because we're frail, we get off the mission. We start trying to get involved in things that really don't have anything to do with us. We're going to try to change something else. We need to be light and salt. Need to focus on being what the church, what we are supposed to be. All right. So we're going to work through this. And we'll see. I'm going to need Caleb. Will you come up here? Great. Thank you. If you don't know, this is my son, Caleb. He's going to help me out today. He didn't know this, so you're welcome. <laughs> the will of the Father was to send the Son. And he sends the sun, and whatever he gives the sun, the sun's not supposed to lose it. Okay? Guess what that is? Any guesses? Good, marbles. Marbles. This is my son. I love him, I have a mission for him. I'm going to give you these marbles. You can't drop them. Don't drop them. There's nothing more important in your life at this moment than to hold on to these marbles. Do not lose my marbles. I've lost them myself. Don't lose these. I have nothing more important to tell you as my son. Don't lose these marbles. Okay? He's got them. He's going to hold them close. He's my son. Do you think he's going to take this task seriously? Yes. Jesus is the son of God, and the Father has said, "Son, I have a plan. I have a plan. I'm going to give you a gift. I gave him the gift of marbles. That's not a great gift. Look what it says. Look in the text. Verse thirty-six, or verse thirty-seven. All." that the Father gives Me will come to Me. And whoever comes to Me, I will never cast out. He's talking about believers. This is where before we've said, I've said to you before, if you are a believer in Christ, you are actually a gift. You are a divine gift from the Father to the Son. And what he says... Is don't ever cast those away. So I'm saying to Caleb, don't ever throw these away. You hold on to them. What Jesus is saying there, all who come to him in faith, all who come, these are gifts from the Father, all who come, he's never going to turn you away. He's never going to cast you away. That's why people who don't understand, you cannot lose your salvation, folks. He's saying, I've got them, Dad. Jesus is faithful. Is He faithful? Will He always do what He says? He's saying, okay, here's my mission. Dad sent me to the earth to come. I'm going to live this perfect life. I'm going to obey the law perfectly because nobody else can. I'm going to die a death on the cross. And I'm going to take the full wrath of God for the world. Because guess what? Nobody else can handle it. Amen. And after three days, raise back up. Amen. Because nobody else can do that. But He's perfect. He's perfect sinless so he's he comes back and he's around he goes to the right hand of the father and he's saying father i am i've completed that task and i'm going to guard those that you've given me all that the father gives me will come to me whoever comes to me i'll never cast out caleb i've given you those do not throw them away and caleb's saying i got them dad For I've come down from heaven. Look, He's telling you. Here's my plan. Here's the mission. Here's what I've come down to heaven not to do my own will. This is the will of the Father. He sent me to do this. And the way He shows His love for the Father is He obeys perfectly. And the way the Father shows His love for the Son is He shows Him everything. This is what I'm doing. And look, 39 again. And this is the will of Him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me. It's said in John chapter 10 this way My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. It's because God is great and Jesus is great that no one's going to come over here and steal these. If I told my son, This is the most important thing, and you guys try to come get those, he's going to do everything to make sure that he has these, right? He's going to fight. He's going to kick. He's going to bite. Whatever it takes. The problem is he's not all-powerful. He's not Jesus. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. If enough of you came, you could take him, those marbles from him. Maybe even if one of you. Especially a sister. She'd be... <laughs> He's like, she'd try. (laughs) Right? But Jesus can. He can hold us and not lose one. So, this is the plan. And what he says is, I'm going to hold them. And guess what? On the last day, I'm going to raise them up. That's our hope. Because Jesus rose from the dead, He defeated sin, Satan, and death. And because those of us who trust in Him, who believe in Him, He says, I'll hold them and I'll raise them up on the last day. They'll have this bodily resurrection and be with us forever. Amen. That's good news. It's good news that no one's going to take you from Jesus. But you've got to believe in Him first. You've got to believe in Him. He, remember, he's just talking to these guys who don't believe. And so he's explaining, here's the plan. You believe. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to hold you. You're, you're, you're a gift from God, the Father, to me. I'm going to hold you, never lose you, and raise you up on the last day. Verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Don't mistake, even as we're talking about the sovereignty of God and gifts from the Father to the Son. look at what you see here. Look on the Son and believe in him. In this passage, you see the beauty of divine sovereignty and human responsibility, both in this passage. 41. Here's their response. Look at their response. Just like, and what's interesting is, remember they were bringing up the, stu- the manna? And they brought that up in Exodus. You know what they did with the manna? Whenever they were getting you know what they did? Grumbled. Grumbled. <laughs> 41. So the Jews grumbled. They grumbled about him because he said, I am... Which that's... They're not happy about that. I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, this guy. Don't we know this guy? Right? 42. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say I have come down from heaven? They're grumbling. 43. (laughs) Jesus, right in their face. He answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. And he's going to go in and to explain again this wonderful mystery that we see. Look what he he does. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. Starting at the back portion of that verse, the same thing he said now three times. I'll raise them up on the last day. I'll raise them up on the last day. I'll raise them up on the last day. The point of this right now is to show you, you can trust Jesus. You can hope in Him. He will raise you up on the last day. If you, like we see, look at the Son and believe in Him, He will raise you up. Now what do we do with the first part? No one can come to me unless the Father... and the that come to me is kind of, is able to. That's the Greek word there. Is able to come. Not even able to come. Unless the Father draws him. If you have a question on what that looks like, why that is, it's our sinful nature. Read Romans 1, 2, and 3, and 4. You read that, you see that there is no one who is good on their own, nobody who is righteous on their own, and nobody seeks God on their own. How many of you are willing to say you're a follower of Jesus. And here, you follow Jesus. Okay. Before you became a follower of Jesus, did God, can you remember God working in your life, whether that's through people who came and spoke the word to you, situations, churches you went to, your family, maybe your parents, grandparents, somebody? Do you remember God working in your life before you became a Christian? Yes? How many of you You feel, God did absolutely nothing, I didn't hear anything from Him, and I became a Christian on my own. Okay? We love because He first loves us. Okay? He is the one who comes on the rescue mission. Most of the time, we don't even know we're lost until He points it out, right? I'm wandering around life... And I don't even know I'm lost. But I'm lost. I think I'm doing all right. But I'm lost. And then God in an amazing way comes and brings other people. He brings the Word. He brings the, the Holy Spirit to come and show you. Guess what? You're lost. I am lost. Now I'm freaking out. I don't. I didn't know Before I thought I was fine. Now I'm worried. I'm lost. What am I going to do? Then He says, that's bad news. Here's the good news. I've come on a rescue mission. And I'm here. Look to me. Believe in me, and I will keep you forever. That's the rescue mission. So, when we're saying here, when John's writing through and he's saying, okay, it's it's tough, what's going on? No one can come to me unless the Father uh, who sent me draws him. Some people will take this and say, well, oh my goodness, draws me, what does that mean? He's just going to drag you? And you're kicking and screaming against him and you don't even want anything to do with him? He's just dragging you? No, no, no. What this is like, is like, a, as one commentator put it, it's a wooing, like a divine wooing, okay? So it's kind of like when Heather and I first met, okay? She didn't know it, but I was supposed to be her husband. I knew that, of course. She wasn't quite as interested, and you can see why when you look at the two of us. You get that. I understand, okay? But what's interesting is I just had to woo her a little bit, okay? I just had to woo her. And so, you know, i got to get the eyebrows ready. Stop wearing my sweatpants to school and actually wear, you know, nicer clothes. Speak to her. Talk to her. And woo her for months and months and months. I have endurance, though. And she eventually broke down. What's interesting, how many, how many of you became a Christian the first time you heard about Jesus? No. Right? God uses this divine wooing to draw us to Him. He says, look how wonderful, how beautiful I am. And He sends His Spirit to help. And you'll, you'll hear Jesus talk about this language. To, to open our eyes and open our ears and open our hearts. And then we go, I never knew that about Jesus. He's wonderful. And the more you're with Him, and the more you have the Holy Spirit, and the more your mind is renewed, what do you continually say? Jesus is wonderful. You just continue to grow in that and you see how great He is. And you go, I don't want anything else. I don't need anything else. I just need Jesus. I need God. That's eternal life. It's being with Him. No one can come to Me unless the Father who sent Me draws Him. In our state, we cannot. We don't even know that we're lost until he reveals it to us, and by the work of his Spirit, with his Word, he woos us, and then we cry out to him in faith. Some will take these passages and start to say, "Well, maybe there's no. Maybe he just woos, and there's actually no faith and no choice. That's all. That's in here too. It's this beautiful mystery. Because look, he now quotes back in Isaiah 45. He says." It is written in the prophets. It's not like this is a new idea that Jesus is saying. It is written in the prophets, verse 45 and they will be taught by God. God has to teach us. Everyone who has learned, who has heard, and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. She's talking about himself. I'm the only one who's actually seen him. But as far as understanding salvation and the Word, God draws. He uses His Word and He actually teaches us by His Holy Spirit. Verse 47, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Do you see it? It's right there. You cannot go either direction on this. You cannot say, nope, belief isn't important. You can't say, it's all dependent on me. No, God works. You have to respond in faith. That's the answer. That's what the text is teaching. And these guys that he's talking to, they will not respond. They are looking the wrong places. So what do we take from this? My encouragement is for you who, if you're here today and you do not know the Lord, you follow what the last verse said. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Believe. Look upon Jesus. Look upon the gospel. Realize you cannot do this yourself. Here's what it's like. Here's what it's like. You ever heard of quicksand? Yes. Quicksand. Okay. I don't know how true the movies are on quicksand. Some people tell, oh, that's not how it works. Okay. I'm going by the movies. All right. I'm going by the movies and some books. All I know is you get out in some quicksand and there's nobody around. You start to sink. And if there's nothing for you to grab onto, guess what's going to happen? You're going to sink. And the more you try, the more you fight to do it yourself, from what I understand, it just speeds up the process. You need somebody to come from the outside who's not in the quicksand with you and come and rescue you. That's salvation. Old Turkish pastor told me that one time. He was explaining it. He said, We can't save ourselves. But when Jesus comes and he offers us salvation, he extends that to us, you better respond with, Yes, get me out of here. And if he, and what he's doing today, what we talked about, he's drawing. If you're here, he's drawing you. He's saying, Hey, here's the branch, take it. I encourage you to do that today. Believe in Him. If you're a believer already, going back to the first part of what we looked at today, the bread, feast on the Lord. Feast on Him. If you're already a believer, feast on Him. He's the bread. How do we do it? Like this. Together, reading the Word, praying, coming to Bible study, getting in each other's lives, talking about the Bible, memorizing Scripture. Feast on Him. And then the third thing is, I hope from this text you will just praise Him. Why would you praise Him? Look at the things that we've seen. Praise Him for the work that He did in your life. None of you raised your hands. You didn't say you did it on your own, right? Praise Him for all the people that He put in your life. All the situations that He's done in your life to get you to this point. Praise Him for that. And you know what might be an encouragement? Go tell some of those people. Go say thank you for preaching the gospel to me. Thank you for loving me when I was difficult. Praise Him for that work. That's Him drawing you. Praise Him for the fact that you're a gift from the Father to the Son. That's cool! A divine gift! Why would He do that? Because He's great. He's kind. He's merciful. Praise Him. And then praise Him for the fact that He will never cast you away and He will raise you up on the last day. Okay? So believe, feast on Him, and praise Him. That's the response. Let's pray together. Father, we do love You because You first loved us. We thank You because even though we didn't and don't deserve mercy or grace, You have given us mercy and grace. We are thankful and we were Stuck in the quicksand (laughs) and actually didn't even know we were in trouble then until you pointed out in your grace that we're in big trouble and we thank you that you came on your rescue mission, Jesus, to save us. We praise you, Father, for your work in our lives, work of the Spirit in our lives, in the divine wooing that You've done, Lord. And I pray again for those here who are starting to see how amazing You are. I pray they would believe. We praise You that in Your kindness You have given us to the Son and we're thankful that Jesus is faithful and He will never let any of us slip from His hands. He will not lose one of us. And he will raise each one of us up on the last day. We praise you and thank you for that. And ask that you would help us to have faith to believe that. Especially when times get hard. Especially when you feel distant. Lord, I pray during this time of response that we would respond the way you'd have us by the work and power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.